Hello and welcome to Between Two Cairns. I'm Yochai. Hello, I'm Brad. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about The Isle by Luke Gearing. But first, let's talk about Zine Quest. Yeah, hey, how's your Zine Quest month going, Yochai? Is it going good? Well, as a consumer, yes. Do you feel like it's like a little a little Christmas just for you? Well, no, because didn't we just go through this? It's like I, we had, you know, zine month and I I don't remember if I backed anything. I probably did. Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to get the stuff now that I backed in zine month. Right. Right. It's like so much. Like, I think, did I back Gregor's Guide to Gates during zine month? I got that today. So maybe. Um, With respect to to zine quest specifically, I, backed four things i actually held back in two of the things i backed because i want to sell them on my store i think i would have backed them anyways but i like backed bulk versions of them so you wait these are this is from zine month back in february no i'm talking about zine quest but okay right now you're backing things with a with a very shrewd kind of retailer's eye right that's what you're saying well they have an option there you know like the i you know i backed um Brooklyn Games, uh, Worldlings, Tales of Tiny Gods, which is a bestiary. Yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out of Brooklyn Games. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing stuff. I'm really, really amazed at how much <laughs> uh, how much one can put out in a month. But um, yeah, so I backed a bunch of those mostly so I can sell them also because I just want, that, want them. And I got um, Low Thy Dread Empire, which is a war game that What's that one? Tell me more. It, okay, so it's described as a grimdark anti-capitalist narrative war game. Um, I like the term narrative war game. I've played a number of those in the past and have enjoyed them, so I was interested and I've been looking for more. But it being anti-capitalist is also pretty interesting for me. Um, so yeah, I guess that's all I really have to say about it. The art style seems cool. Um, I, I'm more just curious about seeing more war games. Yeah, it's based. Uh, I think it's it's somewhat inspired by um, Brutal Quest and Forbidden Psalm, both of which are very cool. Um, Brutal Quest, I have Forbidden Psalm. I've only looked at. Um, oh, oh, and it lists like um, Ursula Kilguin and Michael Moorcock as uh, inspirations. So those those are both great authors. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. That's my Jimmy Jam right there. Uh, I think I think what I'm most excited about, honestly, is Secret of the Black Crag. Yes, it's you got you got your chance, Dudenax. You know he did Black Room of Rennensford, which we both like. I think. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great that's a great one. I feel like we've got some really excellent Kickstarters RPG modules sneaking into this Zine Quest, and you know, is this technically a Zine Quest? I don't think so. This is like a hardback like book here. This isn't a Zine. I do like that it's not just Chance, but also Joe Hines, who's done some other cool stuff. That um, is that the is that the the Desert Moon of Karth? Yeah, which I love. I love Desert Moon of Karth. I think it's awesome. So it's a kind of a cool combination. Um, also, I really like uh, Chance's art, which I think doesn't get enough attention. It's not fair, you know. Like Chance. Dudenak is writing amazing modules and also like draws very well too. Like that's 
Yeah. I mean, and like you who writes amazing modules and just draws a lot of naked ducks. So I completely understand. Agree. I draw, I draw like a child with a little crayon doing his best. You know, I'm like, look at me. You know, I, I, I can't render into existence any imaginary concepts using um, nonverbal. I can't, I have to write, I can't even do children. My son is five and has a better artistic um, skills set than I do. He's yeah. He can make things that look like things. I feel like when people, let me ask you something. You say you can't, you can't render any kind of illustration at all. Do you feel like, do you really try? Are you trying at all? Dude, it, I once wept because I couldn't sign my name on our wedding. Uh, what do you do? You send letters when people get married. Anyways, I, I like can't get my hand to do what I want. I think it's like, I think it's like a dysfunction. You wept, really? You wept? Yeah, it's not a strength of mine. But I can make images with my mouth hole. I've always said that about you. Yeah, you've always said. Okay, I can really make an image with his mouth hole, you know? <laughs> well, that's, let's, let's jump into the main review, uh, The Isle by Luke Gearing. And I, 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 I'm making this pivot because I think that is one of luke's strengths is he's really good at creating evocative settings and uh scenarios using pretty clear language um you know i i did have to google some words there's like some older words that i didn't i had never heard um i think yeah i've one was a, a shill trom or also pronounced a shill tron which is a, a, a phalanx or phalanx i don't know how to say that word um yeah, so I don't know. Let's well, let's let's back up a little bit. With the aisle. What is the aisle? Let's talk about this thing. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell you how it describes itself. Okay, hit me. It's an adventure for the vanilla game or another fantastic or historical role playing game of your choosing. Um, the only, I guess, descriptive text from the Spearwitch page. The isle is tiny, a mere 40 acres of forbidding rock and low grasses. Seen from the sea, the monastery buildings stand adjacent to the peak of the isle, lit by a fire atop a tower. The monks never let the fire go out. Cliffs rise above the bitter sea, mauled by waves and weather. Fallen stones jut like Frisian horses, uh, big enough to skewer whales. The abbot knows this because he has seen it. Um, so that, that's it. That's what, that's what you get. Um, that's on the Spearwitch page. I mean, they also yeah, say that original. it is a that the that the setting itself is an island and the monks that inhabit it and protect its secret and the large open ended dungeon beneath. None of that is untrue. Yeah, I so I I, I really admire. I love the Spearwitch is doing their own kind of um, their own product here. This is their own like yeah, and you know I like the book. I like the. It feels good. Love the matte finish. I would love to get a few more of these on my shelf. I hope they keep rolling with these Spearwitch originals. I think it's really interesting and kind of hilarious that they they don't sell this thing at all. <laughs> they don't tell you like what it is. You know, it's just like here's the aisle. You want to buy the aisle, right? I think that's a recurring theme here. Um, but to 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 go to the physical product, which I think is what you were just talking about, it is awesome. I mean, my favorite format you know these days is the ose books i really really like them um this i would say is up there it, it looks really good right next to them on the shelf it's the same a5 style it's got the matte finish 
Ooh. Ooh, it feels good. Velvety cover, I would say. I love these kind of case-bound A5s. They're just like the, the, the fact that they're hardcover lets you kind of hold it against you without it folding closed like many, many. Like Hideous Daylight, for example, is really hard to read in one hand. Let me just put that out there. Yeah, it's a man. You know, it's just like figure it out or like print it out. Not my problem. You know, $6. Oh, I know. Um, no, I, I just think when I was reading, I don't internalize texts unless I'm holding it in my hands. I can't read it on the computer. I just can't. And um, when I was coming up with this review, I was thinking, okay, how can I read this and take notes? And the fact that I was able to hold it with one hand and then take notes basically while I was still holding it on the page I was holding it on was really great. I will say having the flip back and forth a whole bunch um, <laughs> was not ideal because I had to keep looking at the map. So in the end, I actually had my computer open with the map while I was reading it um, since the maps were semi helpful. Um, that, that sounds like a comment on maybe some of the, uh, the, the minimalist layout here by Mike Anderson. We will. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get there, I just want to also say, I really liked the um, font and size. I, f- I found it very readable and to jump into layout. I, I agree. The, um, the negative space and the way the text was <laughs> laid out, it, it did make it for a very comfortable reading experience. So that's, I want to put that out there. I really, really like the format and layout. Um, but yeah, so going into uh, what is this thing? Um, it is a dungeon. Many, it's a well, it's it's a dungeon with like uh, five floors, basically five levels, and um, it has a, a, no art except for the cover. There's no art. Yokai, wouldn't you say the minimalist layout by Micah Anderson is in and of itself a kind of art, some kind of monochrome, abstract expressionism? You know, we're we're painting with white, we're painting with white space here, isn't there? Can we get some meaning from all the white all over this book? Don't you think that's maybe true, Yokai? I I feel like you're being sarcastic, but I actually think you're serious because I I think it is. I think it does really work with uh, the overall theme which is desolation desperation um bleakness and solitude i i I think it i think it does in a way yes yeah for the record i don't know if i'm being sarcastic either i do think it works (laughs) it does and and, but to be clear no i don't think it's art i think that's (laughs) that's art design i really i'm not kidding here i referred to the cover to figure out where i was at one point because the the actual art for or I should say that the map for the Isle itself, which, you know, it's very early on in the, in the book um, is not helpful at all, at all. It, it, it tells you it's, it's essentially a point crawl with a graphic. And I, when I was trying to figure out, you know, well, where is, I just want to look at a, like a logo of a house, you know? And, and I think this is kind of a larger theme here is that um, this book is not designed to help you run it. It's designed, it's designed yeah. to help you internalize its themes, which in a way help you run it, I think. But at the same time, um, and we'll get more into, into, into detail about this, um, it works, I think, actively against the reader to, um, to run at the table. Like I, I could not imagine myself holding the book open, looking at number four on the map, and then referencing... Um, 
number four in the book, which is a collapsed building. I, I have no way of internalizing that information. Um, if I, I, I can't see how that would be helpful. I'd have to literally memorize it or just look it up, you know, through the text. So I think that's the bigger question is, 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 you know, obviously this is intentional, but why, like, what, why do you think it was done this way, Brad? <laughs> I don't, uh, <laughs> I don't, I can't answer that. I do think it's very intentional. It's like a big intentional decision from the start. Like this is going to be like white space and like no illustration. You know, if it wasn't Luke Gearing writing this, it probably wouldn't have worked for a lot of, a lot of writers. You know, I think Luke's writing is so evocative, you know, so just like, he's just drawing you into this thing. Absolutely. It works, but like, Man, as like an RPG product, you know, I kind of pick it up. I want to look at the dragon art, man. You know what I mean? Like I want to, I want to show the pictures to the people at the table. This book really isn't interested in that. It's not interested in showing you stuff, helping you run this as a DM or a GM, whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, it kind of, it's kind of a flex. It's like, here, here's what I got. Here's what, here's the, here's my thing. You know what I mean? Do whatever you want with this. I don't care. That's not my problem. It wants, right. It's like, I'm good. Yeah. If you don't recognize that, move on. And I, I actually, to be clear, uh-huh. I actually think that works for me. Not, I'm not talking about the themes of the dungeon itself. Yeah. Um, I don't need art. I just need sparse minimalist writing that is evocative. And I think Luke is really good at that. Fever Swamp is awesome and does that really well. I do think both that module and this one lean mm-hmm. into body horror a little, little bit too much for me and that's i have my own issues around that and i i have really do struggle with gross body horror stuff i i'm the kind of guy who can't look at like that frog that has the <laughs> yeah. eggs in its back like if you ever text if you if you texted me that brad i would fly to your house and punch you like i i don't like yeah it's a weapon it's it's don't you know use it wisely but i i actually think unlike I think a lot of people whose reaction to this, I actually think it works well. What I think doesn't work for me with respect to this over this kind of trend that you're talking about is that um, it's written like a novel. Like I, I, you literally do not know what is being contained in the aisle until the last page. And when you finally get there, when you finally get to the the you know <laughs> the the thing that we'll go into, well, we're going to go into more spoilers in a bit. I probably should have introduced that. We're, we're not going to spoil it as much, but when you finally get to it, it's like, oh, this would have helped me understand what was going on before. Why why wouldn't you just give me an overview? Like, who is this for? It's not for the players. Who yeah. who do you think is going to be running this? So I find that very odd. Yeah, I kind of felt. A similar way with um, Gradient Descent, another mm-hmm. Luke Gearing mm-hmm. work, which I was awesome. You know, Mega Dungeon in Space and like a weird AI factory. Great. Similar to this one, they both present a really awful place for players to spend a lot of time in. And there's not a lot of like front-loaded help to get you to help your players want to be there. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. gradient descent. <laughs> I ran that uh, for a couple sessions and like right away, all my players were like, what are we doing here? This place is awful. Like we don't want to be here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, this is like the social contract of like, this is the thing I've prepared. Right. And, like right. there's treasure. 
here? Don't you want treasure, you guys? Like, no, no, we just don't want to die by these awful AI things. Um, so I do think it kind of puts a burden on if, you know the person running this to figure out, okay, <laughs> here's the aisle, okay? It is what it is, right? It's this, it's this, it's this dungeon under an aisle. Uh, it's really bad down there, trust me. But um, we're not concerned with helping you get your players there. You know, figure it out. <laughs> but also, okay, so everything you just said, I am in total agreement. Except I don't. I think I would add to that and say it doesn't even give them a reason to keep going once they are there. Yeah. Um, and I think we can get more into that. I think in um, a spoilers section. Uh, yeah. But I, 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 yeah, my feeling is like, why would my players, first off, there's so much to kill them so much. And a lot of it is random. It's not all figure outable. I mean, there's, you know, this is a minor spoiler, but like there's a room that when you go stand in that room, um, if you stand on a plate, it makes the water drain in a different room. That's not related. And, there is no hint of this connection. There's no text that helps you know that that is going to happen. And even if you were to figure that out somehow, I don't know how you would use that information. And and I, I just keep imagining my players, you know, I play with the same crew for a long time and they're a combination of kind of critical thinking and problem solving and exploration and role play. Um, I don't think they would be engaged. They'd be like, why? This just seems random. Why? Now, there are some rooms that it's like, I really like the traps and puzzles. Yes. I really like. But there are others that are just like, why keep going? Like, this just kills you. If you don't go and press the pressure plate and have the water go down, then you die in some other horrible way. And it's like, who? who? There's not even treasure involved here. Like, I mean, there is in many of the rooms, but I'm in this specific yes. case. So, so it's like, I... I don't think that's fair. I think I'd have to add like it's can't if it's not if you're not doing gold for XP or whatever and you're not or XP for gold and you're not doing some kind of, you know, diegetic version of <laughs> of um getting a reason to explore. I I I don't know why you would. You, there's not even like story hooks or like there's not even compelling reasons to create a story hook. Like you have this overall kind of like you you have an illustrated version of these monks on the island and what they're supposedly there for i'd have to just make something up you know i can't really say it until we get to the spoiler section but i'd have to say oh you were sent by this person to see if this thing is there it's just really hard for me to come up with a solid way to place this and you know to you know to to be fair this is like very, very clearly written for the vanilla game. It's like the, you know, TVG 0002. That's the the label, like the vanilla game. This is book two of the vanilla game. And I know that and that is a, a gold for XP game, you know. And I'm, and I'm, a lot of, like, especially Grognard, old school dudes, would say, yeah, like, what do you need? You need a reason to go to the dungeon. It's a dungeon. You go in. You know what I mean? And, but it's so punishing. It's Yes. And I do think there's, you know, some clashing <laughs> modalities of RPG thought at work here but yeah definitely i'm with you for my for my taste for my friends <laughs> that i play with yeah they would they would nope out of this thing even though i would be like guys there's so much cool stuff just keep going there's interesting things you know in the back of my well the, the thing is gold is good enough it's just yeah i it, it there has to be like 
I, I, you know, maybe that's, yeah, maybe it's a really interesting point because it's, why isn't the gold that's in the dungeon good enough? It's because there's no, if I had a line that said the monks were once rumored to be sitting on a huge pile of old gold from a pirate or something like, right. I didn't find, there has to be some connective tissue. I mean, you look at, um, we were talking about black worm of Brandsford earlier or like where the, or, um, uh, okay. Where are the wheat grows tall? For example, uh, sure. there's another kind of unusual adventure. That one, it gives you some story hooks. Like you are being paid by a relative of this family that has not, you know, has gone missing basically to find them. Like, that's it. That's all. That's all I'm really talking about. And, right. and, and maybe that is easy. And I, maybe I'm the only one with this problem, but I, I feel like normally I wouldn't care except for the fact that pretty much every room in this five level dungeon is going to kill you and not mm-hmm. in the like you're you can you can be smart and figure it out like no a lot of them you there's a hallway with like seven things that will kill you and you have to go through it at least once if not twice and that's a like, really cool hallway though man that's it is a cool hallway <laughs> it is a, it is ridiculous but it's yeah. also like why the by the seventh person hanging from the ceiling front by their skin that you see why would your pcs keep going why would they keep going so you know and and maybe that's maybe that's on me maybe the vanilla game is less lethal or you know what it feels like to me actually it feels like a funnel Mm -hmm. yeah it does feel funnel like but it's also approaching kind of like mega dungeon not quite it's a long dungeon right this isn't something you're going to finish in one or two sessions you're going to be in here for a couple months um Usually funnels are a little quicker. They get you through it. Well, you also have like five characters. So so that's what I'm saying is I feel like I would have fun in this meat grinder if I had three PCs uh, each. If you, you know, if I as a player had three PCs. Um, real quick, before we get into the spoilers, which I think we should because I think it's hard yeah. to talk about some of this Spoiler stuff. Territory. Um, o- overall, it is a very gross dungeon. <laughs> it, it's it's gross. I mean, it's it's... If you don't like body horror or stuff of all kinds <laughs> spewing from yeah. a body, I don't even want to say it. it. There's 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 a lot of gross stuff in this, um, and some of it's really cool gross stuff. Like uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't want to say it. I you'll like the spoilers. There's some there. I do want to give this away. There is a um. NPC monster. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, mm-hmm. Called the story eater. Mm-hmm. Like it, it eats, it eats stories. This is by far my favorite thing in the dungeon um, in this whole module. I, I mean, there's some cool stuff, but the story eater, which is um, it's about halfway down. It is. Um, it, 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 as it's talking words appear out of its mouth and you can also hear them. Um, and it, it is like obsessed with stories. It just wants you to tell it stories and it's chained up. I, I just really loved the way it was described. And I mean, that is the strength of this module is that Luke is an, a really good writer. And um, yeah, I, I appreciate some of the weird shit here. I really do. <laughs> yeah. That I think is one of the, the weirder uh, encounters in this dungeon. Uh, I, I, I was kind of feeling shades of like, I don't know, Patrick Stewart, you know, I was like, yeah, maze of the blue Medusa a little bit. It felt a little bit like we're into these really weird, like abstract kind of flight of fancy, creative, just 
outbursts here. Which well, it's uh, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Patrick Stewart because it does remind me a little bit of Silent Titans. Yeah. Um, oh which, yeah, definitely. Well, it's Silent Titans is the same but different. You know. Yes, Silent Titans too. Like right on page one, it's like yeah, you have to read this whole thing in order to understand it. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's absolutely true here. It's this is not. Um, I think there's a, a trend, especially in OSR games and modules now that you can just pick up something and play. I see that in a lot of like positive reviews. Like, Oh, you can just pick this up. You don't have to prep it at all. And this, this is not a book that follows that trend. Um, I don't think that is a bad point about this book. It doesn't intend to be like that, but it is a book that demands more from you as uh, uh, someone who would run a game than, than what you, someone might be accustomed to with some more recent OSR releases. I mean, and in that sense, it's written really well. Like I, com- I had no problem reading through it and internalizing it. In fact, if that's the most prep I had to do, I would mm-hmm. be very happy with it. Very happy with yes. it. Um, for me, it was more just, okay, you're inter- like they would introduce a character early on and not tell you who that is. And then three or four pages later, tell you who that was. And now you know how to reconcile, but you have to really remember, um, which is fine. I, I just, it's odd. Like when, when I'm reading a, a a setting or a module or whatever, I want all the information about someone to be on one page. So yeah. we can talk about this in spoilers more, but there's, there's these two brothers in it that they, it barely tells you anything about them until you actually get to them. And once you do, you see more. And so it's like, that's, it's again, it's written like a novel. You're discovering it as you go, which is not a bad thing. You right. just should, it's just combined with everything else. It can be a little tricky. Um, I do want to give an example before just last thing before we do spoilers about this, I want to get to an example of um, the the kind of prose that Luke is so good at. This is for the story eater. Okay. I'm just going to read a part of it. If that's all right. A pair of chains emerge from the walls and connect to an iron collar around the neck of the story eater. A writhing mass of fur words and images bleed out from between its bristles and the bristles whip out and snatch them back in. The words speak themselves as they emerge, a perpetual susurrus around the story eater. It's rich, man. It's like eating a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake. Yeah, oof. Oof, I'm full, man. This is some, this is the writing is, is luxurious, I think, is the word. Um, yeah, but also, I mean, it, it doesn't, there's, I don't feel like there's any wasted words. You yeah. Know? I, I feel like it's appropriate. It's, I don't know. I don't have a good metaphor, <laughs> but um, all right. Let let's just get to spoilers. So that's uh, spoilers for the aisle starting right now. So I, I have one point. We're in spoiler lane now. So to circle back around about it doesn't really hold your hand and it bring up concepts that it doesn't explain until later and kind of vice versa. The last room, okay. There's an arm. There's like a, someone's arm is in that room, and I got there and I'm like. I, sh- I feel like I should know whose arm this is, right? <laughs> and I have no idea. I kind of like flipped through, like, whose arm is this? Like, why is there an arm in this room? Do you recall what the arm is from? Yeah, yeah. I did when I read it, actually. Um, uh, that's, shoot. Yeah, it's like it's like right before they get to the Archdruid room, right? There's like a... Uh, um, oh, it's uh, in I, his room. It's in his room. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I, I I will tell you when I read that I did remember, but I've already forgotten now. Um, yeah. So well, that's just the kind of thing. Like I got to that, and I'm like, oh man, this I got to reread the whole thing because I don't remember where this arm came from. Like someone's missing an arm somewhere, and it's going to be 
you know, there are like cool little connections like that. And you can, you know, there's environmental storytelling. You can kind of see how one thing leads to another. But that that was one where I was just like, oh, I wish it let me know whose arm this is. It's driving me crazy. Didn't a thief try to get in once or something? I don't remember. But yeah, so yeah, let's just jump right in here. Um, so much, so much pus and semen and shit. <laughs> oh, God, it's really gross. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a portion where you're going through um, this creature dungeon. What, what even is that? that? That was one of my favorite parts, I think, was the... Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's disgusting, yeah. the sea thing, right? And there is there are stalactites of hardened plasma and little <laughs> things eating the buildup around it. I mean, oh, my God. So, yeah, very cool. Um, I really liked, I think, if I, if I can go into highlight mode here, I really liked... As I said, the story eater, I like the boar where you have to stab it in the back to pass. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I like radial snail too. Sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah. In the a dungeon like this, it's always hard to get in NPCs that aren't like weird undead psycho things, right? I mean, like why else would something be down here that you that you can engage with and talk to? But my favorite one was in the weird sea thing. There's that like brain worm. I want to just get to the brain and control it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey man, I'm looking for this thing's brain. Can you bring me to this sea thing's brain? And, I, and, and the thing is, if you do that, yeah, it spits you out and you can always summon it later. If I recall. And yeah, you have like you're friends with this awful Godzilla thing, which is destroying the world. Right. But also, okay. But can I, all right. So that plus the lictor, do you remember the lictor? She's like, yes. She controls the guardian dudes. Um, let me see where that is. The, 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 yeah, she asks about how the empire is doing, and you're yes. supposed to tell her, right? And <laughs> the thing is about that, I don't understand what the point of that is because <laughs> it says that she can tell if the PCs are lying. Okay, so let's say the PCs know about the status of the empire, which is very high then apparently what she'll do, it really removes any agency for the PCs because she asks about the empire. They tell the truth and she dies. They tell a lie and she knows they're lying and attacks. So to me, it's like, what can you help me understand what that's for? What, what is that for? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's something, I don't know. Yeah. It's not like, you know, NPCs in a dungeon are usually have more possibilities than either like fight them or they just die anyway. The thing is, you know. you, he could have written, she has uh-huh. feigned interest. If anybody tells her the Empire is gone or so, you know, the, the, I felt like it could have been written in such a way. Like if I were to run this, I would not have her ask about the Empire. I would have her try to engage in conversation. And then if that came up, lo and behold, she would collapse in a pile of bones. But that to me seemed so odd and random yeah. and there's a lot of that in here there's a lot of like if this which can happen entirely by accident then everything is over and there's all these different states you know if the arch like for example let's get to the the big kahuna right the arch druid which is this arch druid literally shoots semen at you mm-hmm. he the arch druid his tattoos come to life or no, his, his blood comes to life. I think the tattoos is a different thing, but he inseminates his own creatures. It's so insane and gross. Yeah. And there's, there's some like androgyny thing going on too, because the archdroid can also become pregnant and birth a perfect copy of themselves. Yeah. So that's right. Very evocative. But if you go to the last page, it essentially says that there's like 12 rounds, right? It just stops fighting and leaves. 
does that mean it goes through the hallway where everyone came through? Or does that mean it goes through the, the wall that you're not supposed to be able to go through? I was a little concerned about that. Because, yeah, there's, there's some questions there. Because, like, entering the room is what wakes up the druid. And then... Is it, though? Does it... It just says that they stand up. It doesn't say that they were sleeping. I don't understand what is keeping them there if all you have to do is fight them. So the aisle is their prison. That's what it says. But Uh, what does the PCs arriving in that room do? Is what I want to know. Yeah. It's it's not super clear. I suppose they've disabled all the defenses just to get there. But they haven't because you can walk into room one and go through the wall to 11 right away. They, they haven't. You can literally, literally their arrival. That is it. Yeah. You're not doing anything. And so I don't understand what it is that is happening there. And, 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 and you know, this happened, this happens again and again, where I'm like, why? Again, if it was just for gold, that would make sense to me. But I think the, it's really more about like, what, what it is, what, it, what, what are you doing here? I just don't yeah. understand what you're doing here other than dying and going into empty rooms or horrible. I mean, any person, even the most hardened adventurer going through like the fifth room where um, the bones of horse faces chase you, you, you know, I, I and again, this isn't to, to criticize the individual rooms. I just feel like I, I couldn't figure that out. And the fact that they don't tell you directly through an overview or through. So as you're reading this, you're seeing foreshadowing of this archer druid there's like other druid spawn like crucified in places and like you know there's like weird druidy stuff and when you get to the end it's like oh this is like all those other things i saw you know so but you know it's again if we go back to like why are why are players here if that was communicated as like a hook or something like that i mean that's maybe a hook maybe that's why players are here because they know the arch druids here and they want to free them like that shades the whole adventure but how what is the, what is the action to, what, what are they doing? It doesn't say that the Arshu was asleep. It says they stand. Yes. And is literally your entrance into the room all that is necessary? What is keeping the Archdruid here? If it yes. can turn its blood into animals, if it can, I mean, the effects of it, I mean, the Archdruid doubles in size, um, mm-hmm. thick bark scales sprout from its skin. The wall cracks and roots reach, roots reach in, seawater pouring behind them. The room floods. Blah. If it can do all this stuff, why, why, why is it still here? I, I, I guess I had a hard time figuring out what the hell was going yeah, on. Yeah, it's it's you know another I guess kind of another layer of burden on the the person running the game is like yeah you, you have to explain that <laughs> you have to figure. I'm it not out. normally against that kind of thing. I, yeah. I love kind of coming up with that stuff. I just. I don't get it. I don't get it. I, yeah. I I really like a lot of it, and I feel like it's kind of a missed opportunity, um, unnecessarily yeah. uh, uh, omitting. The I mean, I kind of interpret it as like this: this archdruid is kind of in some kind of slumber, like it is somehow like frozen in time here, and like the players entering is the spark of life that wakes it up. That's how oh, I okay. Okay, sure. But there's an arm there. That's not a bone. Someone was there. <laughs> that arm? Um, I know. Yeah, how'd the arm get there? What do you think about the level maps? Um, okay, level maps. Yeah, so it's very point crawl setup. Um, I 
like a point crawl in a dungeon, to be honest. I think like meticulously mapping, like, okay, this is a 10 by 30 foot room, but there's kind of an elbow in the middle. Let me just draw it for you. You know, that can be like really slow down a game when you're running it and you're trying to explain exactly how this thing works so the players can like meticulously figure out if there's any secret doors or whatever. So I think a point crawl can really work. But there are some instances, especially like right on the first floor, there's kind of like foreshadowing of a secret room because there's, there's like a doorway pointing towards something, but there's no door. But then yeah. you kind of go yes. loop around like that door frame does kind of point towards where there is a secret room. That sort of thing doesn't really read at all in a point crawl because distance is so abstract. Like it really doesn't make sense. I didn't, I didn't like find too many instances where the point crawl got in my way as someone like trying to make sense of things. Did you, well, did you out. notice, did you notice that there was a missing room on one of the maps? There, there was a missing room. Yeah. And there were a few times where I was like, is this really connecting? Um, there's one floor where like two rooms have the same description. I think overall, like another round of editing probably would have helped the book, um, especially in regards to map labeling. The irony here is you could keep the aesthetic just like on the map for the island, just put a little freaking icon of a house and I'll know where the monks are. That's it. Right. Yeah. I don't, an icon. I, I don't get, how about just the word, the letter H, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And some of it, I, I actually found it pretty usable. I, it was, mm-hmm. I think in floor two, um, section, you know, entry 22 does not relate to it. There is no 22 on the map. So I, I had yeah. to kind of figure out where that was supposed to be. The irony here or what I think think is really interesting is my favorite dungeon of all time is the original iron coral included in into the odd, the first into the odd from 2014. Um, And that also had a sit the same problem. It has like a problem with the map relating to the text and level two really reminded me of it in, in in a good way. And I thought that was quite funny. Like they both, maybe it was an homage. They both have mistakes. I am am feeling some iron coral um, vibes on this one. Also, this is, this is another like kind of pet peeve also. So like the rooms aren't labeled. That's fine. I always like when I write a dungeon, I always like give the room a title just so it's like really easy to, to scan. Like, Oh, this is the point of that room. You know, this is for you, the DM to kind of make sense of it quickly. That's fine. It doesn't have that, but also on every floor, the numbers reset too. So like if I say, Hey, room 10, there's at least four room tens and it, it can get, you know, if I'm like flipping open this book, it's hard to kind of get a lay of the land about exactly where I am, uh, where I am until I go back and kind of find my map. Okay. I'm on floor two. Here we go. Like, you know, it's not a deal breaker. It's just a little, a little, we're getting into the fiddly little criticisms, I guess. Yeah. I mean, these are tiny things like, Oh, instead uh, of having D mean door. Um, I mean, you can do that, but then when you have lowercase letters for other things, it's a little confusing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, again, I, I, this is very minor and it's a more, I could, I could get used to it. I just think there are some basic stuff like, um, you know, I, I, okay. Here's one, I guess, knock against the notion that art doesn't matter or whatever. I, I would have liked to see the stomach look more like a stomach or the body, you know, the fleshy, mm. like I, 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 I feel like the rooms are sort of shaped that way. We're almost there, but I do think there was something lost there, but let's put that aside. Um, yeah, it does. It doesn't need art. That said, I like art. I would have loved to see like a scrap princess drawing of the witnesses, these like children with their eyes carved out, like glass in the sockets, and 
the glass glows with light when someone comes in. Like, that's so nasty. Oh, God. That was one of the most evocative and worst things about reading this. Um, yeah. What it, w- w- I guess one of my favorite parts as well, another highlight for me was um, the Kennedy brothers. This two. Yeah. So, like, the prisoners, they're like kind of sons of an ancient king and they're imprisoned here. Right. Yeah. And they're, and they're, I liked the whole like, puzzle relating to their father and his jewels and stuff there was some very yeah. traditional problem solving in this um i i really like the you see the i think it's levels in floor three or yeah i think floor three you see no it's in floor it's in floor two um rooms 18 18 and 17 there's yeah. a um burnt body in the hallway and then there's a room in which you mm-hmm. can, you could easily be the next burnt body. And I think that was, it's very well done. It's very interesting. It gives you kind of clues as to what might happen. I really don't like random traps that just punish players. I don't find that interesting. I'd rather have them see a hint of what could come, give them all the information they might need. That's my way of playing. I do not like DCC style random, you're dead mishaps. Like I just don't, it doesn't work for me. So I, I liked those kinds of puzzles. Um, Totally. Yeah, great, great trap. I think generally they're they're handled pretty well. Not a ton of like trappy stuff. Um, I also like there are some rooms that don't have obvious solutions. Like there's treasure dangling on a platform on a chain. Oh, the, yeah, the, there is no solution to that one. Let me tell. <laughs> and it's like any weight on it will drop the platform, and like it's you know. I, that's that's great. There should I think a writer should always include problems that are like yeah I, I don't know how you would solve this but you know good luck. <laughs> it, it's no way you can't put any weight on it or it will fall into a pit three hundred feet down or two hundred feet down and any any tipping of it will yes. dip the treasure in there. So I don't know what someone will figure out, but I agree it's great. What I thought was odd about that one is they tell you it's like a two hundred foot drop, but then they tell you how much strength to get the thing off of you if you were underneath it which was very odd because it's like were there is there a scenario in which a pc would be on top of it making it fall somehow get under it and then somehow survive a 200 foot drop just so you know they'd need strength 20 to get it off them that's perfect you know i don't know i'm, I'm kind of a forever gm type and you know that just resonates so well like the like players are the dumbest people in the world and also simultaneously like insane geniuses. <laughs> They're always like doing exactly what I don't think they should or do, but then they bring such brilliance to them. I'm like, I can't believe you. That's like the fun of, of role playing games, I guess. But that really captures that. Like, yeah, you want, if you even want to look at this, you've made a poor decision, but you're going to come up with an insane solution that absolutely works. Yeah. And I, I, I think, I think that that's a great example of a good puzzle in this um module what okay so to kind of wrap up what do you think about the hallway of tor- of, of uh terrors whatever they call it let's see yeah, and in um i love the hallway of terrors yeah it's, <laughs> it's it's okay let's just let's just just there is okay <laughs> there's hints about it in a different room right um yeah but there it's also the hints are right, traps right and then <laughs> right 
because you find diagrams of the traps, but they are wrong. And if you try to, you will die. Yeah. Yeah. Punishing. The section of the tunnel is studded with 12 rows of knife blades facing inwards from all directions. And then there is grease, (laughs) grease in between. It's just, (laughs) but then there's five of those things. And then, so this, I actually enjoy, even though there's, how are you ever supposed to get out of that? But, um, what I thought was interesting was there was a different section where there's two shelves and there's these like really ornate statues, um, min- miniatures, whatever. And you can take as many as you want from one shelf and it opens a secret door. But if you take from the top shelf, the door doesn't open. I didn't like that because I feel like it's totally random. There's no way that the PCs would know would be able to figure that out outside of randomly like, Oh, I'm taking the bottom shelf. And before you grab the top, you know, it just, to me, that was like, I wish that there had been more of a, maybe I missed it. Maybe there is, but I felt like there wasn't enough there to work with. And so therefore it's not this, the pleasure comes from seeing them solve it or die. Yeah. That was one room where it was like very descriptive about those figurines. And I got the sense I didn't understand what they were yet. So I kept meaning to be like, I should come back here because I bet I'll learn more about what these figurines are and then it'll make more sense. And I forgot to do that. So uh, I don't believe you would, frankly, but I don't, <laughs> I don't, I, do. I think some of it is either above my head or not meant for us to know. Um, that's, that's fine. I like inexplicable stuff. I like empty rooms. I just feel like this had a little bit too much of that. Um, I do think this will be influential mm-hmm. though. Um, I think this will give people, people the feeling that they can oh, yeah. kind of go this direction and, and that makes me happy. Um. Yeah, this is definitely one like I I had a great time reading it. I think everyone should read it if you're into modules. Like, I don't know if I would ever run this just because it's not quite. Uh, I don't know. It's pretty like you said. It's pretty 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 gruesome. Pretty nasty. A lot of body horror. And I don't know. Do you think you would ever run this one? Not because of the body. If if the theme had not been such body horror, I would. I would actually be like, oh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe running this, you know, I, I'm just like many people. I like to know the people reviewing stuff. I've actually run it, but there's so much out there. That's just not possible. So for me, it's like, I'm not, I'm not judging the playability yes. of this. I'm not looking at its overall functionality. I'm just wondering if this is so bleak, it's not even meant to be run other than for laughs. Like I, that's just not what I'm interested in. You know, I, it, if it was a different theme, I would, I would, legitimately run it and talk about how it could be. Yeah. But I, I just think it's so gross. I can't. <laughs> I think a lot of like a lot, I don't know. I get the sense the way I see people talking about um, kind of OSR kind of games, modules and so forth is that people who might buy and play a game like the aisle, a book like the aisle, it's not really part of like a campaign, right? I see people being like, Hey, I want to run, you know, in the halls of the blood King or whatever. And it's like, yeah, let's play that. Um, I feel like the aisle would be cool in a campaign. If this was like a nasty Island, you see hints mm. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This place is awful. It is like a, a meat grinder, like hellhole. But like if players kind of learn about it, I think it kind of like, you know, kind of learn clues and then they go there. I think it would be a bigger payoff than just being like, we're playing the aisle tonight. Here it is, you know? And that may be how it's expected to be run too. Maybe that's what he wanted it to, you know, he he talks about fitting it into your setting. So I think that's a legitimately um, 
what he wanted to do. And, and I, and, and you know what, that's, I would say in that sense, it is a success. Yeah. I mean, I think players on the mainland, they're learning about like Druidism <laughs> in this world. They're like, where did the Druid go? They find this clue. They're like, learn about how awful this prison is. And it's like, but that presupposes they know, right. That presupposes that they know what is kept there. Right. And that's more than I had going into it. You know, it's like, Oh, totally. The book doesn't help you with that at all. But that, that kind of like, okay, now that I've read and kind of grokked this book, like that's how I could think I could frame this as being a successful part of a, of a, of a game, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's just more more planning that a DM has to do to make sense of how to how to make how to get. I, it yeah, to I don't even mind the planning in terms of like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's more just like why, why, why. But yeah, well, anyways, I think in the end of the day, or at the end of the day, um, uh, it's impressive that this was made. I think it's impressive. Um, yes. Yeah, good, good job, everyone involved. Yeah, and we didn't it's mention, you know, it's, it's, we've got it's published by Spear Witch, which is Jared Sinclair, and he also did the editing, and yeah. then Mike Anderson did the layout. Um, and um, if, you, if people know a simple dungeon, I think it's free. It has very similar similar layout style. Um, very different for Luke. I mean, compared to some of his other other work, uh, I mean, it's very different from gradient descent yeah no spaceships for one um, no that's a huge- not the setting <laughs> no just the information density on gradient descent is 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 different is what i meant it's um that i would say is hard to read for people who have i who have vision issues <laughs> although i suppose that's you just get the pdf but well okay uh so again that was the aisle by luke gearing um thanks for listening everybody yeah bye uh, Keep on playing. Keep on playing. Until next time. Oh, no, we're not saying that. We're not saying that. We're not saying that. (laughs) Until next time, keep on playing. Stop. No, we're not doing that. Thanks, everyone.